0: State of Combat with the Brian Campbell. This is your professional wrestling edition, and folks, this is our final show of the year, at least in terms of regular professional wrestling coverage. Next week, on State of Combat, we will have a year-end award show. BC will be back for that, after all. In this it is the In This Campbell podcast. Uh, but today you have the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, and Gentleman, Outback, Black, Jack Crosby, Jungle Boy, Jack Crosby. I, I don't know. There's there's limitless names, uh, nicknames, I should say, for Jack, here steering the ship, bringing you the latest, greatest, and may I say also worst uh, in professional wrestling from the last week and I think we have plenty of all three to talk about on today's show certainly coming right out of uh, NXT and AEW the final shows of the year the final real shows of the year for those two companies there's certainly a lot to talk about from Wednesday night Raw on Monday had some things that Silver King kind of really needs to discuss and I also kind of want to talk a little bit about TLC as well. We already did the Instant Analysis podcast on TLC. So if you didn't hear that, make sure you go and listen to that from Sunday night, Monday morning. to get our full breakdown of TLC. We went a little bit long on it, in fact, because there was so much for us to actually cover. Uh, but we did you know, cover that, and we're not going to touch too much of that today. There is one topic I'm going to bring up off the top, though. But before I get to that, I'm going to go ahead and welcome in the Yingling to my craft beer, the almond joy. To my Twix, Jack Crosby.
1: Folks, hello. And if you couldn't tell, all
0: of his were worse than the examples that I did nah, he's fine. Far worse. Uh, he but no, no I, I'm I quite quite well. Um, I mean, look, Jack, you can drink Yingling. You can you can have the Miller Lights. You can have the Burger King, or you can have the Chick fil A. You can have the Popeye's chicken sandwich. You can, I had
1: Taco Bell the other day. Uh, that's a step up. Love Taco. Love Taco Bell. Do you Bell. like KFC? I do, um, mainly for the mashed potato. I only go, I only That's go like to KFC the, when I'm craving the mashed potato. You <laughs> made it worse.
0: You made it worse. You 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 took it from well, kinda. And then I'm like, all right, I guess there's some in my head. I'm like, there's some things at KFC that I uh, that might be good. And then you go to the instant mashed potatoes, which are horrible. Yeah,
1: no, I love the KFC mashed potatoes. They're good. They're they're a blessing from God.
0: Oh my God, the potato wedges are pretty good. I don't think the mashed potatoes really stand. <laughs> the wedges are decent. Um. But no, Chick-fil-A all the way for this guy. And, you know, sh- shout out to Popeye's because that. Here's, new- he, yeah, here's
1: here's the thing. Have Up you had the, Wait, pa- have you
0: had the chicken sandwich, the new one?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But see, here's the thing. Up here in Pennsylvania, we are like a solid five to ten years behind you guys in the South. Like, we just got our first Chick-fil-A here, like a permanent Chick-fil-A. Sure. I'm no joke. Two years ago.
0: You're talking about in fast food. There's a lot of things in the South that are far behind. That are far behind the North. Otherwise, yeah.
1: Like we are behind (laughs) the curve, especially here in my in in my neck of the woods in Pennsylvania. We are way behind the curve.
0: Well, I will say that. So Chick Fil A is you know by far my favorite, but that Popeyes chicken sandwich. I had the spicy one. I've had it. I've I've had it twice now. So good. It is legit. Like like anyone (laughs) anyone saying it sucks or it doesn't compare to Chick Fil A is wrong because they're really close. Chick Fil A. I already posted my ultimate final no arguments chicken uh takes on twitter you can find those but the Popeyes is really good um i will say one thing that pennsylvania does have or did have for a long time that we didn't down here in south florida is wawa and sheets i still haven't been to sheets yeah. but they are opening a ton of wawas down here um and i've had a co- i've been to them a couple times really great clean pretty decent food the coffee's really good even though i'm not a big coffee drinker but they are opening one up directly across the street from our offices down here in Fort Lauderdale, and I cannot wait for that. Okay, somehow we got off on a fast food uh, tangent. No, it was totally fine. But uh, Jack is here, I am here, and we are here to talk professional wrestling. And the topic I really wanted to tackle at the start of the show, and I I don't know that it's the biggest of the week. It's certainly not the main event. You don't hear me hitting that siren or, or the sound or anything like that. But it's something that bothered me coming out of TLC. Um, You know, there's not many moments, although on this podcast certainly I do amp it up a little bit, that actually make me legitimately angry as a professional wrestling fan. It takes some real crap. It it takes the wild card rule. You know, it takes uh, blood money in the sand, the the idea that that even exists, let alone all the things that have happened and transpired from there. Um, Kenny Omega at the end of Fight for the Fallen with the boing instead of the bang – Just the the corniness of that. Like, there are really, it's certain things. And one of the things is wrestling fans that turns me off from the product. And I think a long time ago, uh, early on in her career in WWE, wrestling fans decided that Charlotte Flair was not for them. The Silver Spoon got her position because of her father, negating the fact that she's an incredible athlete, totally deserves Everything that she's earned, maybe she's been overpushed a little bit, a couple too many title reigns, sacrificed Sasha Banks a little bit. That, that's all fair, but that's not necessarily a reason to hate a person and, and try to discredit them. So coming out of TLC on Sunday, uh, Jack, you and I at the end of the show or at the beginning of the show, uh, our instant analysis show, we talked about the main event and how it ended up being sloppy in large part because it was clear to us that Kyrie San got concussed and certainly not a good situation Glad it seems like she's okay. It seems like she's projected to be back, um, I think, in the MSG show, which is awesome. You know, that, that's fantastic. And we went to bed. You know, we, we taped our incident analysis. I didn't read anything that was online. Went to sleep. I, th- I was like, hey, we did a good job, you know, covering that. And it sucked that it happened. But, the you know, the match was okay, all things considered. I wake up, and on Monday, all I read on Reddit, Twitter, uh replies to t- Kyrie sane gave gave a thumb up tweet saying she's okay read the replies to that tweet were people trashing Charlotte Flair for being unsafe for being a terrible coworker so on and so forth and the take here that people have is that Charlotte knew Kyrie sane was badly concussed, speared her anyway, slapped her in the face anyway power bombed her through the table anyway, and I went back and I went ahead and watched the match again, and I watched the film, and there was also, and I'm very sorry, I can't give credit to this person on Twitter, but there is a, I believe it was a woman on Twitter who showed screenshots and videos of what transpired, and it was really to, to show how good of a job Becky did in protecting yes, Kyrie was... Sane. And I thought that was great. But what those yeah. also showed is that Charlotte Flair, based on her circumstances and her location, did not know what happened to Kairi Sane. So... Really what a lot of people thought was the moment that Kyrie got concussed, and it may have contributed to it, was like the exploder suplex into the um barricade. And I don't actually think that's what happened. Where it seems like she got concussed was she did the insane elbow off the ring apron, uh, crashed into the table. The table did not break. Charlotte had rolled out of the way because she was avoiding the bump on purpose. And Kyrie hit her head on the table. And Becky immediately noticed, talked to Kyrie, talked to the referees, made sure like Kyrie was good or not make sure she was good, but like talk to her, make sure she could continue. The referees kind of were there, didn't really do much of anything. And if we pause right there, the referee should have stopped the match or should have taken Kyrie out of the match because she was clearly concussed. Charlotte Flair, after rolling off the table, rolled to the other side of the ring where the referees, at least the main one that was talking to Kyrie Sane, was not an earshot of her, did not seem to talk to her. She did not seem to know anything. Charlotte Flair stood up, saw Kyrie Sane, Standing and did her planned spot, speared her, and then she slapped her in the face because that's what Charlotte Flair does many times to her opponents.
1: She <clears throat> slaps them in the well, face. No, no, it was it was a callback to what Kyrie did to her. It was al- It was also a call. That's actually a really good point during the during the pinfall.
0: That's a really that's actually a really good point, Jack. So callback to that, but Charlotte Flair also does do that, and it was a spear outside the ring, so it wasn't a pinning combination situation. Yeah, she then lifts her up for the powerbomb, and yes, at that point we. Having the the benefit of the 360 degree or 180 degree vision of a television screen, being able to see what is happening in front of us, we know she's concussed. We know the reason that she can't get up, you know, uh, 90 degree angle to take the power bomb is because she's concussed and and she probably got lifted wrong, etc. For Charlotte, who has been wrestling professionally for the better part of a decade now, she just thinks, oh, this is she didn't get I didn't get a good lift on her. So, Kyrie's there. I have to pick her up and do the powerbomb myself. I don't want to blow the move. So, she powerbombs her. And people are taking it out on Charlotte like she was purposely there to hurt Kyrie Sane and is an unsafe worker. They're comparing her to Nia Jax and they're hammering her. And it is my belief that the only reason they are taking it to that extreme is because they actually have a dislike for Charlotte Flair, really more the character who's been pushed to high heaven. Uh, from WWE and Vince McMahon, and not realizing, like, if that was Becky or Bailey in Charlotte's position, they would not have received anywhere near the criticism. But on top of that, the criticism is wrong because there wasn't a way for Charlotte Flair to actually know that that happened. So seeing all of this, Jack, and this is kind of what I'm getting at, it just really angered me, and it disgusted me. And I don't necessarily know that Charlotte has had any opportunity or has had anyone really come out and have her back that it wasn't her fault. So I don't know if you saw the same stuff I did, but I I kind of felt like this is something that needed to be addressed because the piling on for me just seemed so unnecessary and it legitimately angered me.
1: No, this, this is where wrestling fans really turned me off because this is where they need to sit down and know their place. And this is why I hate it. this is this is the part where, like, wrestling Twitter, quote-unquote, whatever you want to call it. That's why I hate it. It's bad. It's, everyone's it's vitriolic. Ex- it's everyone's really bad. a freaking expert. Yeah. It, it, everyone, everyone who has a Twitter account who watches pro wrestling ha- is a 15-year veteran of the business. Knows all. It, it's annoying. Look, if there was anything that should be mildly concerned, I say mildly, carefully here the power bomb spot like when charlotte yes. was picking up dead weight right maybe an alarm should have went off in her head like oh shit something's wrong here but even then like you said she she didn't maybe she thought she screwed up like oh man i didn't pick her up right so i got to put her through here with force like it, i i have to make this spot look good there's moves that are botched all the time it's heat of the moment continue i'm sorry But, no, looking through all the clips and everything, you're right. Like, Charlotte, no one, from what I saw, no one really relayed the information to her. Yeah. Like, she was doing her thing, her playing spots in the match. She was doing her job. And everything, she, for for all intents and purposes, from what I saw, she didn't know Kyrie was that messed up. Whereas Becky did her, you know, Becky was doing her part because she was closest to Kyrie. Exactly. Charlotte was on the opposite end of the spectrum. It, it's 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 the age of the internet. You got to put up with it. But no instances like these, like when when has Charlotte ever been a problem like this before? Right. When has, when has Charlotte ever had? You're right. Is she guilty of being over pushed? Sure. Is she guilty of having too many title reigns? Maybe. But when have we ever come across Charlotte being a danger in the ring? Right. And, when? Even,
0: and even if she has hurt someone, that happens. Like Seth Rollins doesn't have this albatross on his shoulders because he hurt Sting. Because guess what? As Sting explained to us, it didn't matter who did those moves. It bomb. It's going to happen. So and people get hurt all the time. Even with Naya, I think we all agree she is not that she's unsafe, but she's inexperienced and she's powerful. So things happen with her. That she doesn't mean to happen sometimes. I don't think she punched Becky in the face on purpose to break her nose. But oh. I think she was a bit careless with that. But I also think those are things that performers learn from. And when you're in the heat of the moment, in a, a TLC match, in the main event of a pay-per-view, and you're, uh, you're supposed to be aggressive, she is far larger than Kyrie Sane. I mean, there's, just, look, just look at them. I mean, they're drastically different human beings. Um, and you know what your spots are. You're carrying them out. Do you think that Charlotte Flair, when that match ended, didn't feel bad? Like She probably do, felt horrible. Like, do people think that that she was, like, happy with what she did? Not, not that she did anything wrong, but, like, happy to learn after the fact that the woman she was wrestling and still doing moves with was concussed? She probably felt as bad as anyone could possibly feel. And the only thing I can tell you, I don't know her personally, and we've only spoken to her, I think I've only spoken to her on two two occasions. Both times, completely sweet, sincere, nice person. I've never heard a bad thing about her from anyone else. So it just really rubbed me the wrong way that people attacked her anonymously on Twitter the way they did. There's a reason why you didn't see people like Bubba or Booker T or anyone that has a podcast that has a voice or anyone that's a professional or a wrestler go after her that way. So I think fans – I don't like telling fans how to be fans. But you got to be better in certain situations like that. It just really bothered me. And even us, like we're f- just because we have a podcast and we have the ability to share our opinions, it doesn't mean we're right about everything. But we try to keep our opinions to storylines and action. Who's a good wrestler? Who's a bad wrestler? What things we like? What things we don't like? I don't sit here and pretend to know the mechanics of what it takes going on in a ring. But what I can tell you is what I, is what I see with my eyes.
1: It's the it's, it's the simplest simple things, Adam. I never told you this story. Never, as long as we've known each other, I never told you this story. But I'll tell everyone now. A few years ago, we're talking maybe six, seven years ago. I had the chance. Um, the Wild Samoan School is just 45 minutes from here. Mm-hmm. I got to visit Alpha and the crew down there, where Dave Batista trained, many, many others. I asked if I could take a bump in the ring. I just wanted to try it. That shit hurt. <laughs> When I fell on my back in that ring, that hurt like I couldn't move for two days. And that was like my first indication of, man, I don't I really, truly do not understand what these people go through on a daily basis for this profession. Like, all I did was fall on my back in this ring and I can't move out of bed Yeah, like that. We don't understand their lives. And please, people stop. Stop pretending like you do know.
0: Similar story to yours. I was down in South Florida. I was in high school and I was in TV production. We decided to do a project um, about a wrestling, local wrestling school. And we go to the school. Uh, It was run by someone super famous whose name I swear to you. I'm forgetting right now, but I will I will try to remember. But we go there and we had called ahead of time. Like, hey, we want to do this thing. We want to tape some stuff. And the the guy was totally cool. We get there. Dusty freaking Rhodes is there okay and he's helping train these guys these guys and girls and it's not a big uh it was in a warehouse there were two rings and whatever and the i did the exact same thing as you i asked the same thing as you i said hey uh like i'm a huge wrestling fan could i take a bump and dusty says absolutely not see the Samoans like they don't
1: give a shit and i said
0: and obviously as a Sixteen-year-old, I think I was at the time. Said why? He goes, because it's not as easy as it looks. It, th- that was the general answer. It was, I, I'm not going to be responsible for you being hurt at something that all these other guys are training to actually do. I never got. I stood in the ring. I was able to like run, but I couldn't actually do. He he would not let me. And the other guy again, whose name I'm forgetting, I, I promise I will remember. Uh, wouldn't let us, me and my friend who who was there, do anything. And it was very similar. So I don't pretend, uh, like I said, to know what they go through. Um, but I do know what I saw. And I think this is as obvious of a situation of people wanting to pile on someone that they don't like for pretty bad reasons on their own um, that I've ever seen. And I just, you know, really I felt it distasteful and it really angered me. It's one of the few things this year in wrestling. And there's been a lot of bad stuff. I mean, Helena in a Cell, uh, Bray, Bray, Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, that was terrible. That really angered me. We were pissed on that instant analysis. But like yeah. Monday, Monday, reading what the stuff that I saw on Twitter and Reddit, etc., I was pissed. And maybe it was even an overreaction for me, but I felt like it was something we needed to talk about. Okay, we're done with that. Uh, we have a lot more show left. A lot more show left. But before we get to it, you know what we have to do? We have to hear a quick word. From our friends and sponsors. All right, Jack, we're back. And as I said, plenty of show left today. So we have to get right into the main event. This is the main event. And I think it's pretty clear, not just because of when we're taping this podcast, but because of what happened on television uh Wednesday night, that the Wednesday night wars, NXT and AEW, are the main event of this show. And I want to kind of separate them because we're of the same opinion. Straight up. NXT was better than AEW, it, and and it was Miles. It wasn't even close. But I think each show kind of deserves its own mini segment here because to mash them together, it's not really doing service to how much I want to praise NXT or how much I want to unload
1: I, on AEW. I would, however, like to preface this whole segment sure. by quoting someone because I, you will not hear me do this often. I don't think my opinion can state what happened last night properly i don't think adams can either i I will i will rarely ever say that i don't think either of our opinions hold this but let me quote someone from early this morning a man named dave Meltzer. well hold on because i know what his opinion is and
0: it's basically identical to mine but i i mean this coming from him of all people let's let's pause Let's get to that because I know it's about AEW. I know it's specifically about AEW.
1: It's about both. Sh- I mean, t- both shows. Yes,
0: I, it's what I, I I know exactly what you're going to say. NXT is what AEW is NXT supposed to be.
1: Was what everyone that watched AEW wanted AEW to be, and it's not. Holy bleep! Yeah. From that man to end to, are you kidding
0: me? Yeah, and he's right because NXT
1: on Wednesday, um. The only thing it, it, I, I, if Brian Campbell gives that same opinion when he rejoins us, I will I will ascend to the heavens.
0: I've spoken to a this morning. I spoke to a very big AEW fan <sighs> who said to me, "Yeah, there was good and bad." And at the and just by saying that, I was like, "Yeah, I can also point out good and bad." There were a couple things in on AEW Wednesday that I did like, no question. But when we get to AEW, which we will very shortly. Yeah, I didn't. Mean um,
1: Bel- Belter, man.
0: Oh, I am going God. to I am going to un- unload on AEW because it's it was bad straight up for me. For me, it was bad. But what was good, what was great, was NXT Jack, which I'm going to categorize top five TV show of the year, individual episode, maybe top three um, from the start to the finish of the show. It's it was every single thing I wanted in a professional wrestling show. Really, just as simple as that. Um, we opened obviously with Adam Cole and Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. And I think we had an inkling, obviously, that Balor wasn't going to win the title. But what a genius decision, a booking decision from them, to bring back Johnny Gargano, it was the right timing, have him not interfere in the match the way it would happen on WWE proper, where that person would go up to the ring, pull a leg, hit him in the head with the referee's back turned, cause a roll up one two three. Instead, it was Balor who distracted himself. By seeing Gargano, like the ghost of Gargano, uh, and then allowing himself to get hit with the last shot from Adam Cole and the one two three for Cole to retain the title. There was no Undisputed Era interference. They allowed them to go out and give, like, a 22-minute match. It was not a five-star match. Maybe, wow. maybe if they had five or ten more minutes, it might have gotten to that level and, and the finish was more clean. You know, no Gargano involvement because they had the ability. They had the talent. It was great. But that was like a four to 4.5 star match. Um, it was a great teaser for what we might see one day between those two. And it was an awesome way to start the show with no commercials.
1: Yeah, that was a great television match between Finn Balor and Adam Cole. Like you said, almost a teaser. Like we're going to see these two do this again down the line, whether it's in NXT or on Raw or SmackDown. But somewhere down the line, they're going to do this for a more extended period of time. And this was, you know, we say it all the time on this show. Mm-hmm predictable is not always bad, and I said it in the recap on CBSSports.com last night that I did for NXT as I was covering it. Once, the mat, once Finn Balor became the number one contender last week, it was obvious Johnny Gargano's gonna come back, Johnny's gonna cost him in some form or fashion, but that's okay. It's, it, it was okay that we knew that was gonna happen, that Finn wasn't gonna win the title, that Johnny was gonna cost him. Finn came back to NXT specifically for Johnny Gargano, Okay. Then they had to pivot. They had to do the re- because of the injury, but now they're getting back. This got everything back on track. It was a good, it was, well, I'll call it a great match. It That's was a like great said match. Enough. It was a great match. Yeah. We got, we got a great wrestling match out of the deal. We have now we're getting back on, on track with the program with Balor and Gargano. And like, I also said, it's not like Adam Cole is left without challengers. Tommaso's going to come after him. Matt Riddle might come after him, but Mainly Champa, but still, it's not like Keith Adam Lee. Cole gets left out in the cold either. Yeah, Keith Lee is an opportunity also. I mean, they, sure. they, 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 there is we not a, a, th- there is
0: not a dearth of challengers on NXT right now.
1: We, we, we got a, we got a great match, and everyone is going to go on a nice track into 2020. So it, it it accomplished multiple things. It was a great opening segment to the show,
0: and let's not forget as well that a, uh, NXT came out and said we are giving you this match at the start of the show, and we're making commercial it com- free. commercial free. Yep. And AEW turned around and and basically said, and, "and look, they can they can make all the jokes they want about WWE counterprogramming them." I actually still do not believe they did with the NXT UK takeover, but whatever, teach their own. Um, but they tried to counterprogram NXT, no question, because they came right back out and said, "We're going to give you a match with two of the best wrestlers in the world as part of a tag team match, just three of the best wrestlers in the world uh, to start this show." Oh, and we're going to make it commercial-free also. Like, it was blatant. But anyway, we're going to get to that. Um, The rest of NXT, the middle part of NXT, I don't know that we need to go too in-depth on, Jack. But I will say, as as you just said, and as I've said you guys know on this show for like two years, better part of two years, predictable is not bad. No. And I would say the rest of the show, the middle part of the show, I mean, the whole the whole show was predictable. In fact, the only match I did not predict when I saw that it was on the screen was... Cameron Grimes against Kushida I figured it was another spot for Kushida to get a big win because he had been gone for so long and Cameron Grimes was built up pretty strong they gave Cameron Grimes the win in a awesome short match between those
1: two see I like it because you you, all I people used to ask me all the time especially when he became a thing in PWG what's the deal with Trevor Lee he doesn't look like much I said yeah you people, you're the same people who said Brian Danielson doesn't look like much. He'll yeah. never work in WWE. I said, but when you put Trevor in that ring, what does he end up doing every single time? He captures your attention. Doesn't matter what he looks like. That dude gets in the ring, does his work, captures your attention. I'm not saying he's Daniel Bryan or will have the imp, but it is the same thing that they used to ask of Brian when he was in PWG and Ring of Honor and FIP. Oh that that little guy look at him he's he's sta- he's lame look at him same thing with Cameron Grimes here now
0: Yeah I don't know that he and, and I know you're not making the direct comparison I don't know that he has the same ceiling certainly as Daniel Bryan but he does have a high ceiling of you know raw or smackdown mid-card dude definitely like an IC US champion guy yeah. challenger for the world title at some point he is a even though his character needs refinement a little bit because it's really very much like a carnival barker from that show on HBO. I'm forgetting uh, the name. Uh, it was oh, an, I know what you're t- I an can't older but about either. But it's very much that type of character. More A more grimy, not trying to use his name, but a more grimy type of version of that. But right now, it's kind of just, uh, what is he really? He doesn't really cut promos. He needs all those other elements to be over. And Kushida is similar that we know what his gimmick is. Um, we know he's really talented in the ring. But we don't have any real reason... To cheer for him outside of the one vignette they aired with him, with his kid, and how he you know fought back from injury and so on and so forth. So it was a really good match. I was surprised at the winner, but it was awesome. But every match on the show, Damian Priest, Killian Dane. Did I need it again? No. Did it deliver? Yes. Io Shirai, Santana Garrett. Not a great match by any means, but Io Shirai is awesome. A showcase for her. Pete and Travis Banks shocked me. I just didn't think Travis Banks was going to get that much offense. But Jack, they are building this world's collide event instead of takeover for Royal Rumble weekend.
1: Travis is very good. Tra- I've been watching Tra- Travis for years too, back to his CC even the CCK days when he had to step in for Kid Lycos. He's Travis is a very good worker, and that's why they keep him around. Like he's going to be one of those guys. He's going to be one of Triple H's, you know, hands. It- that he can use in multiple, like and Travis won't just be in the, UK. you'll see him in NXT more. He can bounce around because Travis is a very good worker. And when you put him in there with Pete, I mean, Pete's Pete.
0: Yeah. The talent there. That,
1: that's what we say to him. But Pete's Pete,
0: the talent there was apparent. It was an awesome finish to that match. Just again, I'm running through these, but you have to remember the first match of the show was 25 minutes. The last match of the show was like 25, 30 minutes. So, they did the rest of it in what would be a normal NXT show, and but, for, for for the rest of that to be a normal hour long NXT was a damn good show
1: on its own. But we're talking about how good of a pro wrestling show NXT was last night, okay? That's why you can't ignore what ha- all the stuff that happened in the middle because it all had a purpose, right? Camera grabs Kushida, feud continue. Io Shirai showcase against Santana Garrett. Top heel enter in twenty twenty. Got to build up this Worlds Collide pay per view, okay? Travis Banks, Pete Dunne. Yeah. well, I, it, I, it all had a purpose. And I think sh- with Shirai in particular, depending what they do,
0: not, I, I mean, you, everyone that's listening to this probably watched NXT, but I don't want to spoil what we're about to talk about, but given what happened in the main event of NXT, I wouldn't be surprised if you Shirai is being, you know, showcased for a major oh, role God, yeah. in there, because we don't know what is going to happen to former NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, who lost that title in the main event to Rhea Ripley in... A match, Jack, that I don't want to exaggerate, okay? But, and I, I've i never watched Stardom, so spare me, okay? There's this awesome match in Stardom with Kana and Io Shirai. I'm sure, it was, I'm sure, no doubt. But for me, an American wrestling fan, having watched American women's wrestling, or um, English speaking, I guess is better, women's wrestling, f- for my life, that's my exposure to women's wrestling, this was a top five match I've ever seen. And that may shock a lot of people because there's been some awesome Asuka matches. The TLC 2018 Triple Threat, I loved Becky Bailey uh, in NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Come on, like, how are you ever gonna beat that? Uh, You know, there's been Becky and Charlotte matches. Some of Ronda's matches have been among my favorites. But when you have a champion like Shayna Baszler, who has exceeded Asuka's combined reign in NXT... You have built her up to beat every opponent she has ever faced, or if she did lose to them, got the win back via Kirifuda Clutch. And she's tapped them all out or put them to sleep. And you present a challenger like Rhea Ripley, a 23-year-old Aussie, who is only a couple years into wrestling, who, if you go back and look at her in the May Young Classic, looks absolutely nothing like the woman that we saw. Uh, And I don't mean in the ring. I mean literally physically. Like hair, makeup, eyes, like ears, everything. Totally different human being. Um, And you want your wrestling company, the the brand that you like the most, to strap a rocket to someone and (sighs) send them into superstardom, then you have to like and you have to give high esteem to the match that we saw Wednesday night between Baszler and Rhea Ripley. Some people didn't love the finish. Screw you. I thought it was perfect. I thought the match was perfect. It's not a five-star match. Again, these ratings are meaningless. 4.5, whatever. It was an A in terms of grading matches. Um, Hit me in the feel spot. In fact, I don't have, like, the real soundboard, but... (coughs) Full-on hit me in the feel spot, Jack. Uh, Rhea Ripley, obviously, what I'm getting at here is the new NXT... Women's champion escapes the Carafutal Clutch, then hits an avalanche riptide from the top rope for the win. Uh, Am Is is anything that I just said wrong?
1: No, I wish I could put that entire match in a museum and just stare at it because that was that match was the personification of what professional wrestling should be and telling a story like the story that was told in that match. And Um, over the last two months and the creativity She was falling asleep in the Carafuda clutch, but she didn't just get her arm up. She grabbed the referee by the shirt, opened her eyes as wide as she can to say, I'm not dead and grabbed him by the shirt. Stop this match.
0: and grabbed him by the shirt. A moment after it looked like she went to sleep and he was about to call the match. He was about to To literally stop. to call this match. Right.
1: I'm alive. Right. That was what an emotional moment. I mean, you know, I, I said a few things yesterday in the recap. It, it, it's crazy how things can just the stars can just align because how long did we ask ourselves well oh, jesus christ who can beat Shayna bay who's who's gonna take that title from her if she's you know she would win takeover after takeover after tv after, TV after, takeover, after takeover after tv and we're like oh jesus but well, then we thought the it was gonna we, well we thought it was gonna be Shirai, and then it wasn't we we thought it might have been you know we we some people even said well it's gonna be like a viking raiders thing she's just gonna vacate and go to ryer smackdown but then here comes Rhea Ripley, who not only takes NXT by storm. Well, first we should say first NXT UK, then she takes NXT by storm. Then she captivates the main roster during that entire Survivor Series build, and then it's okay. Boom, there's the woman we put it on. Twenty three years old doesn't matter. Which is ter- it's terrifying that she's only twenty three years old. This is scary that this woman could be around this. Co- she, they better give her a lifetime contract. They, they never let her go.
0: She has, she has every element. This,
1: it's terrifying.
0: It's, it's, it's inc- she like how I don't, good she is. I don't even really know who to compare her to because there are so many people that at her age it's are tough, that that are nowhere near as talented as she is right now.
1: It's, it's, it's tough, man. Because it, it her and Pete, Pete's what, twenty five. So Pete, Dun- like her and Pete, Dunn. Oh, and Tyler to Bate, think- too. And Tyler, Tyler Beach twenty three, I think. Yeah. Like to think of those three, and like Dr- I voted, and, and, like, Vel- and Velveteen Dream also is young. But Rhea, I mean, you want to talk about a money maker? Um, the only thing coming out of that match is I, like I said, a masterpiece. I would like in a museum. I hope, and I think, I think it will. I'm actually optimistic about this. I hope that that is the lasting image I have of Shayna Baszler in NXT. Yeah. I don't want to see her in full sail ever again. I hope the lasting image is of her on her 416th day as champion laying down for Rhea Ripley. Next time I see her, it better be on a Monday night or a Friday night.
0: Yeah, and we we had mentioned this um, coming out of Survivor Series, I think, that you know Shayna Baszler is made for the main roster. And, and, oh, got and you. they don't like the term main roster, WWE proper, whatever. Um, yeah. She's made for Raw or SmackDown. She is made to be a badass... There and, and you know what? To be honest, so is Rhea Ripley. But they have two years maybe with her. They have
1: her time with Rhea. In she NXT. years old.
0: Yeah, where she can kind of continue honing, continue dominating NXT, lose the title once, win it back, and have a really, really nice run down there. But she's a natural. She is – because I really – I'm really legitimately struggling to find a, a comparison. I was going to say Kevin Nash. In some ways, but she's far better in the ring than Nash okay. ever, than Nash ever was. I kind of want to say almost a cross between like Nash and Randy Orton, meaning she has the natural instincts and abilities, but she has the presence of Nash. Just a, a badass who knows they're, you know, for business. Um, and I think that's a really high compliment. She is the next wave. We talk about, we love obviously what the four horsewomen, the original are doing in WWE at some point. Whether it is to have children, whether it is to move on with their lives, whether it's to take a break, they are going to step away from WWE. Sasha
1: took a break already.
0: Right. And, and even if it's to legit retire, some of them are going to. If they never take a break, sooner than later, they're going to retire. Everyone does. Um, she, Rhea Ripley, is this new wave. Bianca Belair is among them. Um,
1: Eo Candice. E.O. Shirai. They're loaded.
0: Yeah, Candice a little bit. I think I think a little bit older, but yes, Candace as well. But they have that next crop. When, if you remember, I think it was six months ago, we were saying maybe it was a year ago, but I think it was six months ago. Man, this NXT women's division is pretty depleted. It's not.
1: It's stacked. And amazing how quick things can change. Huh? And
0: their and their decision decision to say, look, yeah, she's on the UK brand, but we're going to TV. You know, we're 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 going we're taking NXT to USA Network. We need someone over there that's going to be great. And their recognition, Jack, when you and I, and I think a lot of people thought Tony Storm would be yeah, the, was supposed to be, would be was the chosen say, one. was was
1: supposed to be Tony's spot.
0: We all thought it was people. going to be Tony Storm. She's the, She's the chosen one. She has the look. She's blonde. She's pretty. Rhea is too. But, you know, all those things. Um, we all thought it was going to be Tony Storm. And it's Rhea Ripley and another instance of, you know, Uncle Tripp's Papa H knowing better.
1: I mean, I said it uh either in the build-up to Survivor Series or post-Survivor Series, that um, uh, when Rhea was standing face-to-face with Charlotte Flair, you you looked and you went, oh, man, like this is the first woman in a while where you're like, yeah, she can kick Charlotte's ass. Like, right. if this turns in, right. she's going to kick Charlotte's ass. And you, be- and you would
0: believe it <laughs> seeing her up against Rousey. Or Becky. Like, oh, are, yeah. Like Becky would, and Rhea staring down, you're like, ooh, like Becky has to respect her.
1: I would put it in, in a heartbeat. I would like, they have, Rhea is one of the key pieces of the entire WWE puzzle, not just NXT, WWE. Yeah. And to, again, 23 years old. Like, you have to say it to yourself. I said it a bunch of times last night. I said 23. I'm watching her celebrate with the fans in the ring. I'm thinking 23 years old. Where are we going to be in ten years when she's thirty right. three? AJ Styles didn't make it to WWE until he was thirty eight years old. Yeah, thirty three. There's like, a twenty three year old woman. Like she
0: almost seems as if she's in her prime, and she, her prime is ten years from now. It's and people are wrestling until they're forty five now, and it's just like, what's her career going to be like? So yeah,
1: it's, Jesus, it's, it's it was, insane. And like, but like you said, she's the perfect. She's the perfect torchbearer for. Can she fit on the the main roster? But whatever we want to call it now, of course she can. But right now, she's the perfect torchbearer for the NXT women's division, as they're still an infant on television. Yeah, she and take on that loaded roster for now, and then maybe the, I, I think by next year at this time, we're talking about Rhea Ripley on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, and people I think by next year at this, I think we are. It's possible she so lose that title by that. It's no
0: that that's possible. I do think she probably uh-huh. has a little bit longer though. I do think we see her, you know, leading the Survivor Series team again, or or have or being in that women's match at Survivor Series, being in the Royal Rumble. You're going to see a lot of her win crossover opportunities do present themselves. And I think it just goes to show you NXT really is set up for the future. And I think it should also make people feel better about WWE proper as well. So, Jack, we've now spoken about the greatness of NXT, (laughs) not really just Wednesday night, but in general. And I feel a little vindicated, uh... Look, NXT is is my product of choice. And I think you guys know listening to this show, guys and girls, AEW is not my favorite. But I've watched every episode to this point, Jack, and I've enjoyed them. I think there's been an hour, a full hour at minimum in every AEW show that's entertained me, that makes me feel like this is a product you need to be watching, even if you don't love every single instance of it or every little thing that happens. But Wednesday night, Dynamite. Like... I would be disingenuous if I told you that I felt anything other than hatred. I watched a two hour show. It certainly did not help that I watched it immediately after NXT, which again, top three, top five show of the year, TV show. Um, But I watched it and there were very few things I could point out as legitimate positives. And you read the quote from Dave from Meltzer at the beginning of this conversation. And it's exactly how I feel when AEW was announced basically 12 months ago, very, very close, about two weeks shy. Uh, on this podcast, Brian and I theorized what it was going to be. And prior to that, when Brian, when BC was talking about a revolution in professional wrestling, it was more along the lines of NJPW starting an American company or, or you know joining forces with Ring of Honor to bring Tanahashi and Okada and all those great guys over for really high-quality wrestling. Because at that time, over a year ago, we were heavily invested in NJPW. And the entire goal of being an alternative, which is what AEW claims to be, to the main roster, uh, meaning WWE, I'm sorry, is to be different, is to be the opposite of what WWE is. No corny stuff. The in-ring action matters. Fewer rematches. All these little things. But what AEW has given us Largely has been, and I've said this before, another version of WWE, a a WWE-like product, maybe a crossover between WWE and the action that we like from NXT, but just not WWE. So that the people, the fans who got turned off from WWE that hate WWE with vitriol for one reason or another can say, yeah, I'm still a wrestling fan. i I'm an AEW fan. And I didn't fully believe that. It was just kind of an inkling I had. But they hammered that home to me on Wednesday night with Dynamite because what we wanted AEW to be, Brian and I, and apparently Dave, and I know you as well, is what NXT actually is. NXT is the difference maker in terms of a brand in this space. It is the stark contrast from Raw and SmackDown. It is action, more adult storylines, things that actually matter, get resolved. Um, it's clear cut. The storylines are easy to understand. Things don't get changed at the last minute. With AEW, Wednesday night show, Jack, was a absolute mess. And I don't mean that from a production standpoint, although there were plenty of those flaws as well. I just did not enjoy... 75 to 80% of what I saw on TV.
1: No, uh, it 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 really is true. I mean, I you'll never hear me give Dave Meltzer credit for anything, but he's right. Like NXT did AEW on Wednesday night better than AEW. It, 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 that that's no, a true
0: statement. It's not no, it's not.
1: NXT did NXT. No, NXT did AEW better than that's NXT, what AEW before before NXT became a live product on television. That is what AEW said they were going to be. NXT, Wins and losses were going to matter. The match matches were going to matter. The storylines were going to matter. NXT
0: did NXT. That's though. what it was. NXT did NXT. They were the best version of themselves. NXT gave us a light version of a takeover. Not even as much as they did on their debut episode on October 2nd. This was even, not October 2nd, whatever that day was. That first Wednesday in October where they went head to head. That was like a real takeover. This was a light version. But NXT gave us the NXT product. What The elements though. Of the NXT show on Wednesday. You're right, Jack. we what AEW promised in their press conferences. They were going to be about all. It's all about the action. All about things mattering. Um, you know, and the only thing that you could maybe say that AEW accomplished on Wednesday was they put over some new people. But AEW is doing that to the detriment of their Drake,
1: stars. We, we voiced our opinion and we said, hey, Cody. Hey, Tony Khan. This Dark Order stuff sucks. They were like, all right, yeah, you know what? You're right. We kind of goofed on this. So here, we're going to revamp it. And it's awesome. It's so all of a sudden. And the last was. few weeks, we're like, all right, you know what? You guys listen to us. That Like, this is cool. I like this. It's not a main event angle. It's not a main event faction. You presented them as this main event force over your company. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Too much. Too much. You went too far.
0: W- while you already have... The inner circle, which is, you know, objectively pretty awesome with Chris Jericho, the best front man you could possibly have. You have the elite technically, which aren't really together anymore, but still always seem to have each other's backs whenever necessary. And you're right, Jack. You, and you also have this nightmare collective, which is... They went too far! Total garbage. But they they it seemed like they were salvaging the Dark Order. It was like, wow. They're doing... the guy. They still have the stupid masks, but...
1: It's but okay. That was what we asked of them. We said, "Hey, but it's okay. Fix fix this." And WWE a lot of times when we say fix something, they say, "No, nah, screw you." Right. Where Cody said, "All right, I'll fix it." Don't and, worry
0: and about it. And it really seemed like they were going in that direction. But then they not just do they go with the masks. They go with more masks. And they tried to introduce two new members that and Jack, you're the inter, uh you know, independent wrestling fan here.
1: I don't mind the Beaver Boys being no no no
0: no no you may
1: not mind. Jack, who the hell are they? But that but that's AEW's job to explain that in the coming weeks on television. They mentioned they them, they mentioned them, them they mentioned them
0: by name, and by putting it as the main event angle, they made it seem like those introductions were important. That they were a, well, ma- they were a in major the vignette last week. A major storyline turning point. That's fine that they were in the vignette. But I don't know who they are. As a fan, I, I I am Well, that you got to give them time to explain in the coming weeks. No, you don't because Jack, and they, no, yeah, you, you do. no, you don't, Jack, because that was the go home show for 2019. They don't have a show next week. So they're not even immediately following up on this angle. The fi- If you look at the final shot of NXT and AEW last night, the final shot that we're yeah, going to see them, for the year yeah. 2019, you have Rhea Ripley being crowned as the new greatest women and woman in NXT with a ring filled of fans and superstars in this iconic moment. And then on the other brand, you have Kenny Omega, who I'm going to talk about what happened to him yesterday. But you have Kenny Omega and Cody and the Young Bucks and all these guys trashed in the middle of the ring by a bunch of dudes wearing black with goofy masks on. With in, that's the only after, thing that's- after introducing two new guys who no one knows, even casual fans, who you're trying to get. You're trying to get the lapsed fan to watch your product. And your last moment is a guy sticking his hand in Matt or Nick Jackson's mouth. I'm not sure who it was kind of getting blood doing a, a, a claw gesture with like 18 other dudes, all of whom are wearing masks, having just beaten down a bunch of your biggest stars. But again, the people wearing masks aren't Chris Jericho. And, and ja- I said, Jake Hager. and I
1: said before this, I said it, it was okay. Like they were doing a good job of revamping what the dark order actually is and explaining to us who they are, but it's not a main event. Like they, they they killed the executives of the company. Whoever would know, they're all the main events. They're the top tier stars. Like that that shouldn't have happened. I almost
0: get this weird suspicion in my head that like they're going to have the elite and the inner circle team up for the greater good of AEW against the Dark Order. Like I just have that in my head. That, uh, I don't, yeah. and, and even if that's not happening, I shouldn't have that in my head because the Dark Order is not something I should care enough about to be this angry about. But that was just the end of the show. They start the show with a tag team match lucha bros against uh kenny omega and hangman and it was a good match i mean they're they're all four very talented wrestlers certainly again as i said before three of the best in the world kenny takes the pin again fine you're still building this angle of kenny losing matches and being the cause the root of all evil whatever whatever kenny gets pinned he then starts a shoving match with hangman page and the crowd is into it i was i was into it i'm like oh they're doing a good job with the hangman yeah i'm like oh this is pretty cool and then right as it's getting started, they put Pack on the screen, and they say, and they have him saying, hey, I'm going to attack Michael Nakazawa. And Kenny's like, you know, this thing that with Paige can wait, and that's okay, that makes sense, I'm going to go find Pack and save Nakazawa, my best friend. First of all, they had a hot moment in the ring that they cut away from, which is not good to do in any situation. But okay, they had a reason. Then they go to commercial break, and as Kenny is looking for Nakazawa, he gets attacked by the Lucha Bros, who just beat him in the ring and have no reason to attack him again. So now he's lost a match, been attacked by the Lucha Bros backstage. He's still looking for Nakazawa. We never see Nakazawa. We never see see CPAC. We get zero resolution. Then Omega comes out at the end of the show to save the Young Bucks and gets his ass beat again. I think a lot of people who are just kind of getting back into wrestling or are watching AEW and they don't know Kenny Omega, first of all, he looks like a geek to them. But yeah, he's, as, a nerd, he's a dork. But as Jack, as Jack Crosby and Adam Silverstein, and I'm going to speak for Brian Campbell here, who know Kenny Omega as arguably the best wrestler in the world. And what Brian would say may be the greatest of all time, which I vehemently disagree with. You have seen this guy be a shell of himself in AEW. And I'm not saying he needed to win the title right away. I'm not saying he needed to be the number one contender for Chris Jericho's championship right away. He didn't need to be. But you are... It's like opposite Hogan. Where Hogan always had to win in WCW, Omega, like, never wants to win. He never wants to get on top. He Or or they're booking him that way. And they are taking the greatest wrestler in the world, arguably, and making him look like just another guy.
1: Yeah, like, even even with the Bucks, too, like... When AEW started and, like, these guys got their executive titles, we're like, all right, but you, you guys can't shoot yourselves to the top. And in that respect, they've done well. The Bucks aren't the tag team champions. Kenny Omega isn't anywhere near the AEW world title. But at the same time, you can't make yourself look like a bunch of losers. Uh, Kenny especially. That's why I make that comment I made on the show months ago to Brian of – Love this comment or hate it, I don't care. I think if Kenny signed with w w e he would have been better off as and a... everyone gets all mad at me. I said, it's not the box it... if Kenny signed with w w e he would be better off instead like good for him. I'm sure he, he's paid handsomely he's obviously paid handsomely, great, good for him. He gets to be his dorky self on t v, but it's just it's not entertaining. it's not doing anything for me. It's making him look stupid. I, I hate that I have to sit here and wonder, and I, I know this may sound crazy to people, what would Vince McMahon have done with Kenny Omega? He would have been champion. Or right oh, now, There's no doubt, a doubt in my mind. Or he if would not, have been on a faster track than AJ. Or
0: if not champion, he would have been like IC champ and like heavily pushed.
1: Because to get him, they would have had to pay an insane amount of money Right to get him first off. So they're not just going to flush that money down the toilet. Like when people say they would have ruined Kenny. No, they wouldn't Yeah. because the investment in him would have been insane. Yeah, they didn't so have ru- they- to treat him like a top star
0: people for Like whenever they say like WWE is going to ruin someone, it depends on the person. Like, okay. Did WWE ruin Bobby Lashley? Uh, uh, maybe. I mean, Lashley's ceiling is only so high anyway. Certainly he was better seemingly an impact than he's been since returning to WWE, but ruin eh? whatever. Did WWE ruin AJ Styles? No. <laughs> maybe maybe you liked him a little bit more in NJPW. Maybe you liked certain things he did better when he was far younger by the way, in Impact. But AJ Styles is as over as anyone in the world as a professional wrestler. And
1: trust me, WWE WWE has like they're like how do you like for example, how do you put EC3 on TV and he's a mute? Right. Like, who does that? But, but like again... That's where you want to take WWE by the neck and just say, what is
0: wrong with you? Yes, and there are people they ruin. But when they invest in someone, yeah, it, they invest... It,
1: in, they're not going to... They didn't ruin Ronda Rousey. You know what no, I mean? Like <laughs> to, that, to that point, the bucks in WWE? No, I don't think it would have worked. I agree. It would have worked for a little bit. Don't th- Cody? Yeah, Cody would have worked because they would... Dependent on uh, uh, Cody, like, I, I do think Cody. You have, natu- you have natural angles with Triple H and Vince, and yeah, and, and righting wrongs. Stuff. Yeah, like the the yeah. Young Bucks, don't think so. Adam Page reportedly when they were doing because they did talk to WWE because they're they're smart businessmen before they did this AEW stuff. They talked to Vince. They they met or they met with them. Adam Page. They told him you're going to NXT, and I mean I guess you know, if he's being separated from the group, you know. I he, I'll t- he would like so. I'll tell you what I like. I like Paige. I think he has a great future. I put him in NXT. I wouldn't put him on the main I, roster. W- I would have put him too, but and and I but I also don't blame those guys for saying, look, he's put, if you're going to put us on Raw or SmackDown, he's got to come with us. And they're like, no, he's going to go to NXT, probably be the NXT champion, and you guys are going to go to Raw or SmackDown. Right. But but the the, the point being, it, it's just this is where it it's we're seeing some examples of them having creative control. Not being a good thing necessarily. Yeah, it, it's
0: it's not, and I kind of want to transition that into Cody too, because I do think they made the right decision ultimately. With Cody being the biggest face right now, he's the most over. The fans love that he started, helped start this company, so he has like the real life appreciation from the fans even more than appreciating Kenny just being an awesome wrestler. Kenny yeah. hasn't really done much. To help the fans, I guess, is the best way to put it, other than be awesome, which he is. So Cody has that. But, and I should note also, Cody is among my most improved wrestlers of 2019. He won my, not that I mean anything, I don't mean anything, but he won my respect over the course of this year. I thought he was, I bought into the three-star Cody, thought he wasn't a very good in-ring wrestler. Proved me wrong. Um, So I am now a Cody fan. I actually really like Cody. But it is apparent when you watch AEW Dynamite or any of their pay-per-views, they don't just see him as the number one face. They see him as the number one overall star in the entire company and push him and promote him as such to potentially an even more insane degree than Roman Reigns in WWE. Not all time, but at least in 2019. And I say that when Cody makes his entrance, Jack, it's like five minutes of fireworks He gets the thing lifted up for him. There's smoke. It's like the Messiah has come to the ring. I don't like it, though,
1: because it gets the reactions. So I actually don't mind it.
0: But it is so over the top where you have all these other superstars. Sorry to use that term. I'm talking AEW. Including Jericho. Including Cody. Including Moxley, even. Pot Pack. Where they come to the ring, and it's just like, oh, it's another guy. But Cody... But Cody gets these grand entrances, and it's not just at the pay-per-views. What I find really funny is that Cody seems to have made his public enemy number one, Triple H. That's how they treated Triple H. That's how WWE at WrestleMania every year treats Triple H with these grand entrances that not everyone else gets. And it's really funny to me that Cody seems to be in that same spot.
1: I don't read that much into it. I mean, I see the comparisons. I, I, I do. And yeah, there was the throne breaking and everything like that. But no, I, I just I, I I don't mind because those like when those lights go down, those fans go bonkers. They lose their minds because they know Cody's coming. So if I'm a production guy, I'm going to say, well, keep doing it. But when we go to this, keep doing it, keep doing it. And Kenny gets the loads of fireworks, too.
0: Oh, he gets a couple of shooters in the air. Cody gets like fire, fireworks, smoke. It's in Jack. If you watch okay. him back to back. It's drastically different.
1: But if you're getting the reactions, why would you not keep doing it? I'm just saying it's so over the top for me. And and if you were in charge of AEW and you were sitting backstage and Cody does that entrance, you hear those people, you go to the next town the next week, you hear it again, you hear it again. Are you going to stop it? Because you say, ah, it's a little too over the top. No, I
0: would, I I would trim down. I'd keep going. No, No, I'd keep going. No, I would, I would trim it down because it's so much greater. Not the reaction. The entrance is so much more dramatic and greater than everyone else. Everyone else is dwarfed by comparison.
1: No, oh, if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah. it.
0: But again, it would, you'd get the same reaction with half as much.
1: You would. Nah. The thing would still nah, lift up. I, I, you'd still get the same. I smoke. like Cody's entrance.
0: You'd still get a couple of, No, no, no. I really like Cody's entrance, but I don't like anyone else's, this is what I'm trying to say. It is so much better. Well, and what greater. else doesn't
1: help is that they still have a fixed the entrance music problem the, they have in that company either. And Cody's is really good. His entrance. Well, music Cody's is. is really good. Yeah. Jericho. Well, I mean, Jericho is him. Yeah. For, uh, Darby's like is good. I like the Lucha Bros. Oh, the Lucha Bros is good. Yeah, the Bucks obviously good. Nah, I don't like that. But okay. But then, like they they took. Like, I mean, Janela has a problem because they ripped his musical He's trying to get the rights to his song back.
0: Yeah. Um. So that was a fine match. Didn't have much issue. Real quick, like very like seriously, five seconds. Brandy, uh Nightmare Collective, awful. Don't want to be anywhere near it. Terrible. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to let you respond. It's you shaking your head no, so I know you agree with me. Um, on that note, Chris Statlander, glad they're Love pushing her. her, her. thinks she has a big, a big future. Alien gimmick sucks. The touching Tony Shavani's nose and then wagging her finger in Brandy's face. I thought that was good. It was a good. It was a good compare. Like a,
1: I was entertained by that.
0: It was a good, uh, not disposition. What's the word I'm looking for? Where like you put two things back to back. Anyway, uh, we're going on long, but. It was a nice you know juxtaposition, thank you there's the word is It was a nice juxtaposition between Shivani and her, but the alien gimmick like that's an independent gimmick that that's not something that is going to sustain this awesome in-ring talent in Statlander or someone who has the potential to be and then you see her and you see Rio, and the drastic difference between her and Rio is even greater than like Charlotte and Kyrie sane it's i don't even know what they're doing with the women's division, but nothing on Wednesday night, Jack. Gave me any hope that it's improving,
1: aside from no, st- I, aside from I, being I, there.
0: Who who's awesome?
1: Maintain, I maintain. I I will I will die on this hill, and I think it. They they booked that division around Kylie Ray, and when whatever happened happened, everything went off the rails when she left that company. They booked. I, I, I'm serious. I think that they framed that entire division around her. And when she whoop up and left, I don't think they knew what to do. I think they had one plan in place and everything just right off the rail.
0: That's interesting because I think a lot of people would have said that that their plan was Britt Baker. And then it got blown up when she got hurt. No, it was Kylie. When she got hurt. They were
1: positioning Kylie as the face of that women's division. Britt was more, but Kylie, as far as the active in-ring performer, she was going to carry that torch. And then whatever, whatever happened, happened. She's gone, and they just went, oh, crap, what do we do now?
0: Regardless, they have 0.0. Zero,
1: point 0.0. Of my attention with the women's division. The
0: thing I really did legitimately like from AEW was the Jungle Boy-Chris Jericho match. Yeah. Quick aside, I have zero issue with Jim Ross calling him Jungle Boy Jack Perry because at some point, this kid, this guy, is going to be something in AEW or somewhere, and Jungle Boy as a gimmick is not going to last forever. So call him Jack Perry. Let people know he's Jack Perry. The name has gravitas because of his father. JR, keep doing it. I'm I'm on your side with that. Uh, it was a 10-minute match, basically. It was a, uh, you know, beat, not beat beat the clock necessarily, but, you know, basically Jericho challenged him, you can't last, last 10 minutes with me. What I loved was not only did it go to a draw, which was the right booking, because it doesn't make Jericho look bad, but that they came back um, – And explained later on Excalibur and Tony Schiavone came on during the next match that it was booked as a draw. So there's no win. There's no loss. They explained it to the crowd. It's the exact opposite of something they did on Raw, which we're going to talk about later in the show, that really seriously bothered me. Uh, So I loved that. What I didn't like was Jericho begs for five minutes more. They ring the bell. and And the referee's, like, involved, like, ready to keep going. And then they just kind of ditch it. And he leaves the ring with his title, and there's no no count out. There's no count out. They then said there was no second. The match never restarted, so there was no second decision. It just kind of felt like, why do that? She just beat the crap out of him. You know, you're pissed that it was a draw. Beat beat him up. So that I didn't like. But the rest of the match, the ten minutes, I thought was awesome.
1: No matter how bad a Dynamite episode might be or how off, it will never get old watching Chris Jericho work his ass off. To get these unknown people over in front of a mainstream audience. That is the best thing about AEW right now, bar none, in their short existence on television. Chris Jericho is going above and beyond to make these people matter, and it. I want every single week, and last night with Jungle Boy, every single week Chris is doing something, whether it's what one of the inner circle members or an opponent. I. I it's the best thing AEW has right now is that Chris Jericho isn't packing it in. He's not just taking a paycheck. He loves this and he wants to see this succeed. And the dude is working his ass off
0: to get it done. Yeah. Jericho has been fantastic. I think there's no bigger winner uh, career wise and just really just dated week to week than Chris Jericho and, AEW.
1: and you had every right to assume back in January when this company was announced that he was just going to take a huge paycheck and be lazy every you had you had a right to assume Um, that well you're saying if you did you had a right to assume you you had a right not you personally I was gonna say you're clarifying you 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 mean a person any person anyone who did they had a right to believe that him at his age where he is in his career but it is the exact opposite he is trying so hard to make this a thing and it's awesome to watch
0: yeah no it really is and I like I said I think that was really the bright spot And, and I'm being trying to be trying to be fair here uh with AEW but you know, honestly to kind of close on AEW. Um you know what Meltzer said and I I was surprised you brought it up because we you know Oof. we don't talk too much Meltzer here but I uh, had to. It's But you know boring. he but he really did nail it. Um he also said I think uh, I saw a headline I did not read or listen to what he said. So I don't want to misquote him, but he said the AEW um reached a tipping point on Wednesday night yeah. p- potentially. And I I agree with that as well. This was a show that totally turned me off. Um it's not that I'm not going to watch, I'm going to watch every episode of AEW not just cuz we have the podcast, but there's people there I like and there are things that are positive that I like from AEW. But as we go further in this NXT AEW Warjack, I've all I've always been, you know, team NXT. It's just it's it's my number one brand in all of wrestling. But to me now, where I was giving AEW credit a few weeks ago, I was like, "You know what? Raw's kind of there you know, head to head with AEW for me raw, even though this week I didn't love it has taken that number two spot and AEW is hanging out in third. And if they keep doing the, these type of WCW nitro bookings and characters and storylines that turn people off of nitro, the, the gimmicky stuff, the weird stuff, um, the, the booking that doesn't really make much sense, taking your biggest characters, your biggest stars and kind of, you know, tearing them down some ways, some purposeful, some not. They're going to, they're going to lose me at some point. And I think they're going to lose a lot of people. So they need to really be careful that they hear what people are saying from this episode. They now have two weeks to book that January 1st show. And they will, they need to fix it. And I think they will. I agree.
1: I, i get to tell people right now. I, I, yes, last night sucked plain and simple. It sucked. It I told terrible. BC that this morning it sucked, but I do have optimism that because they do listen. They listen to the criticisms, and especially if they hear Dave Meltzer saying, "Hey, that was crap," they're going to be like, "Okay, I think we we we, we need to write the ship." Well, here. he's the
0: yeah, he's the Pied Piper. So,
1: but you <laughs> know, them. January first is for in them. the Daily's Place Amphitheater where, where um, whichever fight for the Fallen was. The, which it was an incredible venue to hold pro. In. Like I'm excited to see that on TNT. That show was, that show wasn't
0: very good, but the venue was cool.
1: Yeah. Because we, because we have ball games January 1st, obviously. So I won't get to watch dynamite until probably the day after, but excited for that. And I think that they're going to write the ship, but you cannot let happen. What happened last night again?
0: Yeah. I'm completely can't, with can't you. Can't
1: do that. that. That was last night was, uh, especially when you are being pushed by your competitor. With such a great show, you turn you turn in so you turn in something like that. That you can't do that.
0: It was clearly a stark contrast between what NXT gives us regularly, and and what they gave us Wednesday, and what AEW gave us Wednesday. Yeah. It, it was night yeah. and day. And by the way, people, you know, by the time this comes out, usually the the ratings come out, um, or the, shortly thereafter. I expect both shows to be way down because of the impeachment. So I don't think I don't think, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think you're going to see a big number from either of them. And I don't necessarily know that NXT is going to win the ratings because people may have just decided, those that watch, to tune into AEW after all the NXT audience does skew older. But from a critical standpoint, there is zero question which show has been better and zero question for me which show is better on Wednesday. Now, something I failed to mention off the top of the show, and this is completely my fault. Hopefully you saw it in the headline of this podcast and hopefully you are reading it in the description as well. But we have a huge guest on today's show, and that guest is former WWE champion Kofi Kingston, now the tag team champion, SmackDown tag team champion, along with Biggie and The New Day. We spoke to him uh, about a lot of topics coming out of his title run, his entire 2019, which is just an incredible year for him, and also about his new podcast, The New Day, Feel the Power, which you can listen to. Wherever you find podcasts, wherever you're listening to this show, you can listen to their show as well. And BC was 100% right last week or two weeks ago. I forgot when. He said he listened to their episodes. He really liked it. I finally got around to doing it. The show is three episodes in. It's awesome. The first two are really funny. Uh, they're about kind of some backstage stuff, them breaking down the 60 names they had on a list uh, before they ended up choosing New Day and how bad most of them were. And the third episode was very serious. It was about Xavier Woods' injury. Um, And, you know, how he's doing coming back from it and major injuries that have also been suffered by Big E and Kofi Kingston throughout their careers. Big E even kind of mentions um, he didn't have a pain pill problem, but he was taking a lot at a period of time because he was hurt and he realized how others could become addicted to them. So it was uh, a really eye opening episode of a podcast. They're very short 30 to 45 minutes and definitely worth a listen. But what I want you to listen to first is Kofi Kingston himself speaking with myself and Jack Crosby here on the State of Combat podcast. And after this interview, we're going to recap a little bit of Kofi, and we're going to talk WWE Raw from Monday night before we get out of here. So take it away. (laughs) Welcoming into the CBS Sports State of Combat podcast. It is the Kofi Kingston. And Kofi, we say the now because in addition to all those Intercontinental Championship, U.S. Championship, Tag Team Championship accolades, you are now a former wwe champion kofi uh it's been fantastic watching you over this these past six months but really the last 11 years what has this time been like for you coming out of that championship run into your role back in tag team wrestling with new day
2: it's been awesome man uh this year has been so incredible in so many different ways uh I mean, we, we can have an hour long discussion on, uh, how serendipitous the, uh, winning the WWE championship was. But, um, yeah, man, it, it was, it was just crazy to be able to achieve my childhood dream. Number one, there are so many people on this planet who have dreams as kids. When we become adults, we just cast those dreams by the wayside for whatever reason. For me, um, I would always pretend, uh, when I was, when I was fantasizing about being a WWE superstar, I would always, you know, fantasize about matches at WrestleMania for the WWE title. So that was my exact dream. And that actually came true. Um, and it obviously, like I had a lot of help from Woods and from E uh, In a lot of ways. Uh, I say that I was the one wearing the title, but it was all of us that were the champion because without those guys, uh, I would not have ever had the opportunity to be in that situation, you know? So Um, just incredible, just incredible being at WrestleMania going up against a guy like Daniel Bryan, who was in the same position that I was in two years earlier. And now he's in the reverse role as the bad guy calling me the B plus player. And, um, it, it was just, uh, it was awesome, man. It was, it was so great. And my, uh, family being there. Um, and I always say like, you know, you don't quite know why things are happening until they happen. So for my, uh, first WWE title win to come with my kids at an age you know uh, at an age where they can um you know can can appreciate it and understand what was happening and be in the ring in front of 85,000 people and throw t-shirts out into the crowd like I'm so grateful for that moment to share that moment with my wife and uh she sacrificed so much for me to be in this position and my fan, my my dad and brother were at WrestleMania for the first time too so um gosh, it's it, like I said man I could go on and on about just that aspect yeah. of 2019, but um, it was incredible. And then on top of that, becoming a seven time WWE champ tag team champion. Once again, it's, it's awesome because um, it's, it's an, it's an example of uh, the standard that we keep ourselves to my, myself Woods and E we always want to make sure to be pushing ourselves forward, to continue to climb the mountain, to always put forth the best product and the highest quality of matches that we can possibly put forth um you know we just keep on marching the train keeps moving and uh and we keep climbing the mountain. so it's been an incredible 2019 to say the least and uh we're looking forward to making it even more special because it's not over yet we still got a couple weeks so you know we gotta keep on pushing
0: absolutely now last time we spoke you had just come back from ghana obviously that was an incredible trip for you and meant a lot i'm sure to all of them not to mention uh wwe universe here in america as well and one of the things we discussed extensively was representation, how much the title meant not only for you and for other superstars like you, but for fans watching WWE, uh, tell, telling them basically, hey, you can do it too. So I'm not going to ask you about the reign ending, the title reign ending, because I know you've been asked about that a million times, about, about your thoughts <laughs> uh, with, with Brock okay. and all that. But, but what I am going to ask you is, what did you feel like when it ended? Was it kind of a, well you know, that was that, I had my opportunity, or do you now feel like something has actually been changed, whether it's creatively in WWE, the type of angle and storyline that worked, you know, sending you to that position, Um, do you feel confident now that other people like you, um, like Big E, maybe Andrade, et cetera, maybe have a greater opportunity now than they did previously?
2: Of course, yeah, and I, so I've, I've always said too that like, it's one thing to say that anything is possible in theory, right? If it it hasn't happened, but it's an, it's another thing to actually say that anything is possible because it has happened. In fact, you know, so uh, the fact that I was able to win the WWE championship and um, just the, the social media uh, post alone was enough confirmation to know how impactful that moment was on uh, people of color and, and honestly on anybody who's been in the situation, but Particularly people of color, um, because, uh, you know, it hadn't really happened before. It hadn't, you hadn't had somebody that was born in Africa that was, uh, a main title holder, you know? So the fact that I was able to do that and provide that motivation, I mean, even to, people always come up to me all the time and they're still talking about it, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I definitely felt that the impact was um was true and and that was always the point was my I've always wanted to inspire people to to go out and do positive things and and even if you could feel like one tenth of the good vibes that I feel as a WWE superstar as a person as a human being who has gone out and reached for their dreams and achieved that dream um then you'll 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 be so happy with your own life because I just want people to I just want people to feel that you know Um, and even if you have to hang in there and things look bleak and you don't think that you can do it, or it's never been done before, there's still a possibility. And the only way that that possibility is going to happen is if you yourself keep on pushing yourself. So, um, yeah, I, I, even though the title reign ended, uh, the impact that was felt was, was not, you know, you can't, I, I feel like no one can ever take that away. And, uh, from a creative aspect, I think that, um, people, um, you know, Hopefully, uh, it, it shines a little bit of light on on the way that storylines can be written, like you said, because this wasn't the intention. If Ali doesn't get hurt, we're not having this conversation, like period, point blank. It's not happening, you know? So um, the fact of it, uh, I'm just glad that creatively that uh, that Vince and, you know, the company decided to go with what the people wanted, because there have been a lot of times where uh, the people wanted to go in one direction. Clearly, by their voices out there, and for whatever reason, we decided to go a different direction. But again, just to see the impact that this storyline has had on real life, you know, and uh, it, it, I think that um, people who have the quote-unquote the pen uh, realize that, and hopefully, it influences them to write some compelling storylines that really, uh, you know, that that, that uh, capture that that sense of passion and uh, and, and things of that nature. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'm just like I said, man, I'm just trying to keep on moving forward. I've said it in a bunch of different interviews as far as the way that the title reign ended. Um, I could sit around and mope and whine and complain and bicker about the way it went down, or I could march forward and continue to make history, and that I've chosen the latter to do that because, uh, that's really what matters, man. Like if I'm going on social media and complaining, that's not what changes anything. Um, I'm just trying to promote change. And like I said, influence people's lives in a positive way. And you can't do that when you're in a negative space. So, um, it's all positivity in a, in a very real, you know, not beyond a character perspective, uh, just in a real life perspective and just pushing forward and always climbing the mountain to the top.
0: Sure. Now I know Big E was pretty vocal, uh, at least on the after the bell podcast, about. You know, how that ended. And I'm not really going to talk about that. But what I do want to say is there seems to be, and you've been in WWE long enough to know this. There's trends, right? People really get behind Dolph Ziggler, want him to win the title. Daniel Bryan, you, it's happened. I feel like for a long time, it's kind of been simmering. And I'm not trying to be a wedge driver. Don't worry, but I feel like it's been simmering. (laughs) I feel like it's been simmering for Biggie a little bit. And I think at TLC on Sunday, people really got that feeling again of, man, this maybe should be the next guy. Do you guys have those conversations? I don't want you to speak for him, whether he's frustrated or not necessarily, but do you feel the same way that this is that type of guy that can have the rocket strapped to him as they like to say, go grab that brass ring and maybe be the next guy to break out into that singles, you know, heavyweight championship picture.
2: Of course. And I think that when you talk to E, he's very modest about it. You know, uh, he'll always say he just, he just shows up to work and uh, does what, what he's supposed to do, but, uh, I think we all know and we wouldn't be having this conversation if we didn't know his potential to be able to carry the load. Uh, he's phenomenal on the mic. He is funny. He can be intense. He is well spoken. Um, he's, uh, just an all around good dude. And, uh, I, I, like you said, man, I, I think it's a matter of time. You know, when the opportunity is right, he will definitely be somebody that can, um, they can that take the bull by the horns and, and lead the charge, you know? Uh, so, so, so we'll see, we'll kind of see like what happens uh, as the, as, as time goes on. But um, yeah, he is definitely a guy that is more than capable of being able to be the face of the company and, uh, and, and lead. And we would myself and Woods would be right there beside him, supporting him the whole time, hold them up, you know, and, and pushing them up, pushing them forward, because that has always been the philosophy of our group is always to push our brothers to the top. So, um, we'll see what happens. We, yeah. we never know. Like I said, what happened for me, it wasn't supposed to. So, um, yeah, who knows?
0: Right. Uh, so we'll see. Latest news coming out is that you re signed a five year deal with WWE and then that there's identical deals with Biggie and Xavier Woods or ex Xavier Woods as he prefers. Uh, people to say, uh, identical deals, identical money apparently, all that ki- type of stuff on backstage Tuesday night. You had Booker T and Christian kind of, saying, hey, you know, Kofi maybe or Big E or whoever, you guys should have looked out for number one, gone, get as much money as you possibly can. What kind of, I I know you guys are close. You're going to be a group forever. You're not going to get split up. We've had that conversation. But what made you guys kind of all say, yeah, we need to get these identical
2: deals? Well, that has always been the philosophy of the group. And, um, you know, as far as like looking out for number one, like that's been the mentality of a lot of different like groups or factions uh, and that's why you see them kind of fall apart, right? Uh, right. but for us, like, we realize how strong we are. Uh, the bond that we have is special. We're not like the other, uh, factions that you have out there. Um, and it was important for all of us to, you know, get paid and get paid well and, um, and to do it as a group because that's really the only way that we want to do it. And that's not to say that, like, you know, we can't go off and have different singles runs or, you know, someone doing the, uh, king of the ring. You know, Woods, that's one of his dreams is to be king of the ring. Right. So um, to have him that while all of us, we don't have to break up to do that. We can all look uh, out for each other. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of food to go around and we can all eat and eat well. So let's do that. You know what I mean? Like uh, if you have, we're, we're you're just, you're, you're stronger in a group than you are by yourself. So I never really understood the mentality of wanting to, uh, you know, like go your own way and, and, and look out for yourself. I mean, this is what's worked for us. And um, you know, like, yeah, like you said, man, it was just important for us to all be able to um, you know, to 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 sign that deal together. And obviously we are united and we've been a united front for the better part of five years and um we'll continue to do that, man. That's the only way that we wanna do it. So, um, yeah, that's that's the route that we chose. So, uh and, and it worked out well for us. <laughs>
1: Kofi, as a follow-up on the the contract there, at 38 years old and one of the strongest veteran presences in WWE right now, have you given any thought as to maybe this is the last contract you will sign as a full-time performer? And to follow up on that, have you also given any thought to where your future lies after you are done with in-ring competition, be it a, a producer or a trainer down at NXT, anything of that ilk?
2: Oh, geez. I really have no idea, man. Um, I, all of those are options. Uh, and it's a little daunting to think about that and jumping right into like a creative role or an agent role after having been here for like, you know, at that point, it'll almost be, Oh my God, like over 15 years. My math is terrible. It'll be over 15 years. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. So to think about like jumping right back in behind the scenes, um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a lot to think about because I don't even know what's going to happen next week. So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not i am not sure. Uh, my goal has always been to kind of save as much money as possible and have the options to do whatever it is that I want to do. So uh, that's the track that we're on right now. And, um, yeah, the, it, it's a lot to consider. I mean, even in that creative role, you would have to move up to Connecticut. All those writers and, and everybody live in Connecticut, unless you go down to NXT, you live in Florida. Right now I live in Texas. So to uproot my family and have to move um, – I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot, uh, to, to think about, um, at this point in time. But what I am concentrating on right now, like I said, is just kind of climbing that mountain and, uh, continuing to put forth just the best product possible. Um, and then when it's all said and done, we'll kind of cross that bridge when it comes.
0: Well, you got another project anyway, uh, that you're working on right now. The New Day, Feel the Power, a little bit of podcast inception here. Uh, Kofi, three episodes in, man, this is, a dynamite show. I mean, first up ep- first couple episodes downright hysterical. Last episode super serious, but really gave us a lot of insight into what injuries are like, you know, obviously for Xavier Woods and also for Biggie and you over the course of your careers. How did this podcast start? Is this something you've been pushing WWE for? Is it something they approached you guys
2: about? Where did it start and where do you see it going? Well, it's funny because um so <laughs> it's not like an elaborate story as far as the beginnings of it, man. And and I appreciate all the, the, uh, the, the feedback that, you know, the, the positive uh, vibes that you gave with that, because that seems to be the general consensus is that everyone uh, likes what they've heard so far. Um, but literally <laughs> we were at a, at a TV taping one day and uh, Mark Carano from talent relations came up to us and said he wanted to meet with all of us as a group. And then um, Brian Terwilliger, who uh, works heavily with up, up, down, down was with us too. And they brought us the idea of a podcast because WWE was going to be starting this podcast network and they wanted to know if we wanted to have a show. And then we just said yes. And then that was it. So, um, yeah, it, it's something that like, we, we, we enjoy doing because, uh, like a lot of times people don't necessarily know what it is that we're going through or why things happened on television, the way that they happen. You have a very limited window as far as, um, Uh, of, of knowledge as far as like why things happen as a, as a fan or a consumer. Um, But the podcast allows us to have the time to talk about what it is that we want to talk about and get to explain things from a different perspective. And that way, um, you know, people have a little bit more of a perspective as far as like why things might've went down the way that they do or why this match went this way or why uh, you did this in this match and didn't do that. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a good, um, like, uh, you know, venue for us to really be able to give that to the people. And I think wrestling has a history of like our fans wanting to know what is going on behind the scenes. And I think with social media, we've been able to open up those doors and allow people to see like us on our off days, you know, um, versus in the nineties the and early 2000s and eighties, you know, people didn't have that kind of access to, wwe and to wrestlers in general so um to be able to do that on our terms and talk about what we want to talk about on our podcast is uh it's liberating and it's cool and it's awesome to be able to give people that insight that they've been craving for so long
0: absolutely kofi kofi kingston here one of the three co-hosts of the new day i don't want to get that wrong either the new day feel the power podcast <laughs> on the wwe podcast network get it get it wherever you Listen to fine audio like this show. State of Combat, Kofi. Thanks once again for joining us. Uh, you know, let's get you uh, another heavyweight title run, maybe a Royal Rumble too. While we're at it, what do you think? <laughs>
2: Hey, let's get all the accolades. As a kid, that was always my goal was to win every single championship. But why stop there? You know? Let's let's go with the rumbles. Let's go with all the ladder matches. How about we go with the hundred percent win percentage for the year? No one's ever done that. Hey, you came you, pretty, you came pretty so, close. You, know.
0: you came pretty close the last <laughs> six months, though. Let's be honest.
2: Yeah. Very true, very true. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys, man. All
0: right, Jack. That was a lot of fun with Kofi. He is seemingly one of the truly nicest guys that exist in WWE. And I think it's fair to say um, I was rooting for him during WrestleMania season, way before that even. If anyone that listened to the show knows, I was on board with Kofi being WWE champion like way before that even started. Um, to see him have that kind of success this past year, to see him be so positive in the face of a moment with Lesnar that a lot of people, fans in particular, didn't like. I know his that Big E and Xavier didn't like them either. I didn't like that either Uh, to see him be so positive and believe that his title reign meant more than just the representation that we actually discussed, but that he thinks it's actually going to have ramifications for the future of the company. To me, uh, that made me feel very positive coming out of it.
1: It was was a joy to have him on. Honestly. And I say this sincerely all the years I've been watching wrestling, especially WWE slash WWF, one of my all time favorite superstars. It's, it's been a pleasure to watch that man's career from start to whatever the finish line is in the It It's truly been a pleasure. I, I, that man, you can't say, you can't say enough about it. now let's get our man's Royal rumble win. Let's yeah. cap off everything. Let's get him a Royal rumble win.
0: Absolutely. And we do have our year end awards for professional wrestling coming next week. That will be in place of next week's show. BC, Jack and myself, we're going to break down. Everything from wrestler of the year to moment of the year to worst angle of the year. You guys know we, we do it every single calendar year here with um, WWE, NXT, NJPW, and now, for the first time, AEW as well. So it's going to be a really interesting show. What I can tell you, slight sneak peek, is Kofi Kingston won one of the awards on the show. So listen next week to find out what that is. Jack, before we get out of here, there's a couple things I want to talk about um, really coming out of Raw Primarily, I really did not like the gauntlet match. Uh, the match was great. The 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 action was good. Um, but they end the match with yeah. Andrade basically winning because Humberto Carrillo was unable to continue because Andrade beat him up outside the ring. They don't tell us that on commentary. So they just let it linger. And then later in the show... You have Seth Rollins who come, came out and cut a pretty good promo with AOP, kind of saying this is what we're doing. We're taking things over here, and you know uh, we're going to take the WWE and Raw into the new decade. Um, challenging Rey Mysterio for a United States Championship shot that seemingly Andrade won, or at the time we didn't know Andrade actually won, but they had an hour-long gauntlet match that we thought ended in a no contest without an actual number one contender. That is lazy, terrible, shitty booking.
1: Period. Period. I, that, You know, as much as, like you and I have praised Ra how many weeks in a row now, Adam. How, I, just every week. That was good. That was the first time in a while I looked at the TV and went, what the hell are you doing? What? Why did I just waste that hour of my life to get no resolution, only to have Seth Rollins go, I'm taking the title shot now. I mean, look, you know, it, it's, it's 2019. We're entering 2020. I do urge people. If they have it, go look up. Rob was taped afterwards for next week. The, the December 23rd, Rob was taped. I, if you like spoilers, I urge you to go look at them for next week.
0: But let me ask you this. Cause I don't like spoilers. Is there a resolution to the storyline? There that is
1: sense? the, um, not necessarily, but you're not going to care as much about it okay. when you see what happens.
0: Okay. That's fair. And that's a nice tease for, you know, ahead of Monday since and
1: be, and you know, right. it was, it was, the, it, it was, the, although I, I have Adam, I have a question for you. I was, my wife asked me this actually sure. when I told her how they were doing it. Would you ever sit through two rows in a row? like that.
0: Yes, because um they don't tape. It's not 6 hours. So they started an hour early. I um, did, just out of curiosity. Yeah, no, I would. Yeah, I would. I would. In fact, right. in fact, I'd probably be more likely to want to go do raw if I knew it was two. The problem is if it if they're taping two, generally it's a holiday situation and yes. you know and you know the content isn't going to be as good as like a regular like Raw after SummerSlam, right? Which is going to be really good. But I've gone to a couple Raw after WrestleManias recently. Yeah. And honestly, not that enjoyable. Not as, not as enjoyable as they used to be. Um, but also the product wasn't as good. But the Raw now, like the Raw that we got the five weeks prior to this one, could I sit through two of those full shows? Yeah, I could.
1: Okay. No, it just, like yeah. I said, my wife, because when she said, wait, what are they doing? I said, oh, they're, they're taping next week's Raw so that, you know, these guys don't have to be on the road for the holidays. Yeah. They're, they're giving them sort of a vacation. And she said, would we ever, I said, ah, I, yeah, I guess so. Because the second taping wouldn't be as bad with no well, commercials and my, stuff. Like my
0: thought that. is, my thought is you're there. I mean, <clears throat> just do it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not that big. Of but a deal. anyway,
1: the ending of next week's raw should have a lot of people smiling heading into 2020.
0: Okay. And that, that is, I'll a nice say tease. That. that's a nice tease. Cause I, I certainly have no idea what happens next week and I don't want to be spoiled. So that's great. The only other thing from raw I really want to mention again, I thought the show just wasn't good. I'm not going to say it sucked like dynamite did. But after five weeks of pretty awesome, you and I pretty much agree. Raws, yeah. I, I thought it was just a really down, boring episode. Yeah, it was. It was cool that Deanna Peraza was on there from NXT. Um, don't want to yeah. don't want to really go on about it, but she was there. Uh, it was good for Oscar to get a singles win, continue looking dominant, and I just thought it was, like I said, an otherwise boring episode. Um, and that's really the full takeaway I think from Raw. It was. Coming out of TLC, we were really curious what was going to happen, particularly with Rollins and Owens. Uh, And Owens certainly wasn't there, which is fine. He was selling the, the concrete stomp from the week before. And I think Rollins did a fine job. But it just didn't make a ton of sense combined with everything else that was really happening. So last but not least on this show, and if you hate potential spoilers, you can turn it off now. The rest of the show is going to be us talking about One topic for a couple minutes. We're going to say goodbye. We're going to play Savage. We're going to send you into next week's award show. That's the rest of the show. So if you do not want to be spoiled for WWE stuff, stop listening. Okay, you were warned. Uh, There's a report out today, Jack, right before we taped this show, that Adam Copeland, better known as Edge, uh, was in Pittsburgh uh, doing WWE business. And this report, by the way, came from PW Insider. And the report is that the WWE business he was doing in Pittsburgh was seeing... Dr. Joseph Maroon. And anyone who followed the Daniel Bryan situation closely knows that Dr. Maroon is ultimately the final say on whether WWE will clear a wrestler for competition, someone who's been out with spinal injury or concussion issues or whatever the case. And there have been rumors for months now that Edge might make a comeback to WWE. And certainly, we saw Edge spear, was it Elias? Yeah, yeah, Elias. Spear Elias a few months ago uh, in Toronto, SummerSlam yeah, at SummerSlam in Toronto in a moment that got people talking. We are now pretty far removed from that. And the other report that PW Insider has about edge is that he just recently re-signed a multi-year deal with WWE with a high upside. The edge and Christian podcast is over. Christian is on WWE backstage. I don't know whether they're continuing their TV show on the network, the reeks of awesomeness show, which is pretty good. But the rumor is, and I think this is the rumor that we're all kind of getting at, is Edge entering the Royal Rumble in a major newsworthy surprise. So, I don't know if it's going to happen. But it is a spoiler I came across, potentially. And Jack, I'm really curious. I don't think BC is a huge fan of Edge. Are you?
1: Uh, I was never... (laughs) Oh God, it's so hard for me to explain because I, I hate the, I don't want to use the word overrated. I I was just never as high on edge as a lot of other people were. I love respect his accomplishments, everything entertaining is all hell. I'll give him the, I'll give the guy that what, great heel, but you know, this top of the mountain Mount Rushmore type that some people make him out to be. No. Um, am I okay with him coming back? Yeah, I yeah I am. If that's the case, and I understand that a lot of people might be angry at WWE for maybe giving him a new contract and especially be a performer, but what they have to understand is, while I just said he's not like a Mount Rushmore type, let's say Edge is cleared to compete. We are also in an era where you can't let him go to AEW. Like you, 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 when you're WWE, you can't be in a position where Edge is like, hey man went to like five doctors, you know, like Brian did. I'm good to go. And look at me. I'm jacked. I'm ripped to shreds. I want to get back in there. You can't just say, oh, well, no edge. It's because he's going to go to AEW and he's still a name and he'll go make a name on TNT and give that show buzz. That's a real thing now to worry about. So WWE has to be like, all right, man, if you want to come back in, you can come on back in with us Royal rumble, the whole nine yards. Um, But I'd be interested to see Edge work with a lot of these new guys in this generation. I don't
0: even think it's an AEW type of thing. I think it's just just like with Brian, it's if you are able, healthy and able, we would be fools not to have you because WWE is are they're just missing those big names because it's their own fault because they don't build up enough people to be consistent draws. And if you can get a consistent draw like Edge and you can put him on SmackDown, or your big flagship show on Fox, that, and he's
1: Mr. Smacked. Like you yeah, would have to.
0: It really changes the dynamic. And it and it really gets people talking about wow, Edge is back and what are they going to do with him? And is he going to be champion again? And so and so on and so forth. He's been gone, people forget, for a long time.
1: He hasn't wrestled. It was after 20 I think it's like eight five, years. Eight years.
0: Yeah, eight years. Okay, even longer than I thought. It's a long absence. And he is yeah. and he is older at this point. So if he's healthy and he's able and there's no risk for his long term health. It's a huge one. I'm not a massive Edge fan. Um, I did like the Rated R Superstar gimmick. Certainly his entrance music's awesome. Uh, but he's a big win if WWE can get him back in the fold. And we don't know what's going to happen. And there's a lot we're speculating here. And we're kind of playing a little bit of spoiler here. Um, but that happened right before we came on the air today. I, I happened to read that. My friend texted it to me. And I said, holy crap. Because that is... A difference maker. It's not a CM Punk difference maker, but it is a difference. Maker.
1: No, you, you get you. If you could have edge back in you're, Absolutely. you're good. Uh,
0: and that is it for today's show. Like I said, next week, our year end awards edition of the state of combat professional wrestling show. I think they're going to do similar type of shows for MMA and boxing, but do not hold me to that. Uh, hit us up. Apple Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. Drop the five star review. It's the holiday season. Give us the gift of your love, five stars. Not one, not two, not three, not four. It's all about D five. Uh, you can follow Jack on Twitter at j crosby cbs. You can follow me at Silverstein Adam. Follow the podcast at State of Combat. Thank you all for another tremendous year of professional wrestling. Love hearing from you guys on Twitter in the comments. Uh, appreciate the passion, pa- passionate listenership and if i don't get the opportunity to say it on our next show i hope everyone has a merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa happy holidays happy new year all the good stuff uh but for jack this is the silver king and when i run the show when silver king is in the host chair you know we always end with the full savage
2: Elizabeth, come on out, there, oh, man. Oh. We got something going that's oh, really big, mercy. don't we? Yeah. Look in the video scope right now and tell him about Macho Madness. Tell him how strong it is and tell him where we're going. Yeah, we into the
1: Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. And Hulk Hogan's got no chance, does he? No.
2: Does anybody have a chance against the Macho Man Radio Center? No, centers? nobody. And I the greatest wrestler, past, present, and future that ever lived. Yes, you are. Okay, now say goodbye. Bye. Say goodbye. Bye. Okay,
1: now get out of here. That's right a little now. rough, Randy. Right?
2: Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport, and I am the roughest one in the sport. I am the number one wrestler in the world today. The Hulk I
1: will. Why, thank you, Randy
0: Savage. And we got two last words for you. We have.